Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, November 29th. On this date in 1963, then-President Lyndon Johnson named a commission to investigate the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Headed by U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren, it would be known as the Warren Commission. On this date in 1981, film star Natalie Wood drowned in a boating accident off Santa Catalina Island in California. The death was ruled accidental, but questions persist. Now let's get your Tuesday forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Tuesday morning to you. Grab a jacket, a coat out the door this morning. Temperature starting out in the 40s to around 50 degrees, but all sunshine today and a beautiful day ahead. Very similar this afternoon to yesterday afternoon will be about 70 at lunchtime going up in the low to mid 70s for highs this afternoon. Cooling back down pretty quickly initially this evening, but we may see temperatures bottom out in the mid to upper 50s overnight. And then by tomorrow morning as you wake up and head out the door, temperatures may jump up into the 60s. So warm day tomorrow. At 74 chance of showers and maybe a few thunderstorms. So as a cold front moves through behind that cooling down upper 50s with sunshine on Thursday and then we'll climb back into the 60s Friday and 70s by Saturday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And let's check in on your morning headlines. Charleston County deputies say a man was injured after being shot while driving on Johns Island. Deputies say that shooting took place before 7 o'clock last night on River Road. The victim told deputies he was driving toward Kiowa Island when someone pulled up in a car next to his vehicle and started shooting. The man was unable to give a detailed description of that shooter. Anyone with information is asked to contact Crime Stoppers at number 843-554-1111. Authorities in Arizona have confirmed a deadly crash near Casa Grande involved three family members from North Charleston. According to authorities, the rollover crash happened the day before Thanksgiving. 74-year-old John Henry White and two of his great-grandchildren died. Four other passengers were hospitalized. According to the Arizona Department of Public Safety, that crash involved a vehicle carrying a family of seven. Investigators say the truck drove into the median and then overcorrected and rolled over. Investigators say fatigue possibly played a factor in that accident. The Dorchester County Sheriff's Office has released surveillance image of a person they're trying to identify. Why don't you take a look at your screen? Deputies are asking for your help to identify this person. They say they believe he has information on a burglary. Officials do not uh, name him as a suspect. We don't have that picture. We'll try and get that shortly. But they um, name him as a suspect in a burglary or specify where or when that crime occurred. Anyone who knows this individual's name or how to contact him is asked to call uh, the sheriff's office. The FBI says a DNA analysis has confirmed bones found in a Chatham County landfill are those of 20-month-old Quentin Simon. We've been following the case of the missing Georgia toddler for weeks. 
Quentin's mother, Leilani Simon, initially reported her son missing back on October 5th. His bones were found in the landfill more than a week ago on Friday, November 18th, after weeks of searching. Leilani was arrested one week ago. She now faces several charges, including murder, concealing the death of another, and false report of a crime. We don't yet know Quinton's cause of death. Meantime, the search continues for a missing five-year-old out of Orangeburg County. Aspen Jeter's mother was found dead last week. This prompted the search for the child. Orangeburg County deputies say they were called out to Crystal Jumper's home on Thanksgiving Day in response to a welfare check. Yesterday marked day five of the search for Aspen. The family of Crystal says the child has a disability and cannot walk or talk. Deputies are asking anyone with information on Aspen's whereabouts to, or Crystal's death to come forward. The mother of a North Carolina woman found dead while on vacation in Mexico is questioning the events that led to her daughter's death. Salamandra Robinson's daughter, Shanquella, died while staying at a luxury rental in San Jose del Cabo with six friends in late October. Now the FBI is investigating and Mexican prosecutors are looking to extradite one of Shanquella's friends as a suspect in the case. This after a viral video appeared to show another woman beating Robinson as someone else recorded that assault. Her mother says she's getting different versions of what exactly happened. They told us it was alcohol poison. And um, we, you know, questioned each one of them because we had heard different. We had got a call saying that they was over there fighting her. It was no such thing as alcohol poison. According to the death certificate, the cause of Robinson's death was a severe spinal cord injury. It was also noted that the approximate time between that injury and her death was 15 minutes. Well, we have a first alert to bring you. We told you about those protests in China earlier today. Well, in just the last hour, Chinese universities announced that they are sending students home as the ruling Communist Party tightens its antivirus controls. Now, this comes as the government tries to prevent more protests after crowds angered by its severe zero COVID restrictions called for President Xi Jinping to resign in the biggest show of public dissent in decades. Students have played a major role in the protests. The move to send students home is part of an effort to reduce some of that activism. Now, some antivirus restrictions were eased earlier this morning in a possible effort to defuse public anger. But at the same time, the Chinese government reaffirmed its commitment to a zero COVID policy. The South Carolina Supreme Court's hearing on the constitutionality of electric chairs and firing squads has been moved again. The hearing will now take place next year on January 5th in Columbia. The hearing is the latest step in a legal battle that began after lawmakers passed legislation allowing inmates to be executed by firing squad. It was paused earlier this year after facing legal hurdles. Lethal injection drugs have been difficult for the department to get. South Carolina Department of Corrections says manufacturers have been unwilling to sell the drugs or components necessary to make them. When South Carolina lawmakers return to Columbia in just a few weeks, they're going to be facing urgent pleas to do more to address the state's worsening teacher shortage. A recent report found South Carolina schools are short an unprecedented high of more than 1,400 educators. Now, the state's largest educator association says its top priorities for action at the state house next year are school safety and staffing. Officials with the Palmetto State Teachers Association say they hope to see more pay 
pay raises for public school teachers and improve working conditions. They tell us that includes more regulation on class sizes, benefits like paid family leave, and more resources put towards student mental health services. The next legislative session begins in just over a month on January the 10th. The City of Charleston's Planning Commission is pushing a rezoning request on Southwick Drive on Johns Island to Council, despite the fact that more than 100 residents oppose it. Yeah, well, Anna Harris tells us why traffic is one main concern of this development and how many accidents have happened on Southwick Drive in just the past few years. Next month, council will have the final say, but we've already heard from 40 people who live on Southwick Drive and an additional 92 people who gave their signatures opposing this project. With dozens of accidents happening here in the last few years, driver safety is a top concern. Middleburg Communities is trying to rezone 16 acres of land on Southwick Drive from about 128 homes at one unit per acre to at least 160 homes at six units per acre. The city's planning commission voted seven to two to move this project to council. A few people that live on Southwick showed me what life really looks like day to day in this area. Going off a 2016 SCDOT analysis, Middleburg Communities says the 85th percentile of drivers go 42 miles per hour on this 35 mile per hour road. Only one accident was reported in this three year study. According to the Charleston Police Department, there have been 13 accidents reported in 34 speeding tickets since January 1st, 2019. Charleston County Sheriff's Office reports eight accidents, 30 speeding tickets, and three DUI arrests. Christopher Morgan, a planning manager with the City of Charleston, says a traffic study is not required before it goes to council, but Middleburg communities will have to send one to the Technical Review Board Committee at some point. He says the study will look at mitigation, a possible four-way intersection, or adding a traffic light at Southwick and Maybank. Buckley says these could be great changes, but she worries they won't follow through. But when a vast number of people are that disappointed, you will never get them back because, you know, some people, I even believe, are in fight the good fight, but that's not the majority of your people. Charleston City Council will decide on this rezoning on December 20th. In the newsroom, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Tonight, the Preservation Society of Charleston is hosting a launch event for its new Black Businesses of Charleston Oral History Project. The Preservation Society's president and CEO says this is their way of getting a better understanding of the role Black businesses have had here in Charleston. Our Lauren Quinlan joins us now. So, Lauren, where is this event happening tonight? Good morning. Morning, Katie. This event is happening at Burke High School, and Preservation Society officials say they chose Burke because of its significant history. It was the first public high school for black Charlestonians. Brian Turner with the Preservation Society says the Black Businesses of Charleston Oral History Project is a community-led initiative aimed at documenting and showcasing untold stories of Charleston's historically black-owned businesses. Turner says they can't do it alone. They have and will continue to partner with families of historic black business owners to elevate these stories and through their own personal experiences. He also says that education is at the heart of the project and the goal is for the community to take the front seat as they listen and facilitate a space for their stories to be heard. I want to make sure we and our staff are doing is listening. Uh, what does the public want out of this? What, how can we best empower youth uh, to make a difference and, and control and own these narratives of, of their past in order to inform the present. 
Turner says what they learn from this project is important as it may impact their advocacy efforts, policy work, and more to spark change. This event is free and open to the public, and it will start with a video of the stories they have gathered thus far and remarks from project advisors. The event is from 6 to 8 in the auditorium at Burke High School. There will also be some free food and drinks. And if you have a story you want to be told or you want to learn more, click on this story on our website and there will be a link. Reporting for Live 5 News, I'm Lauren Quinlan. Celebrating birthdays today, actress Diane Ladd is 81. Musician Chuck Mangione is 82. Actor-comedian Howie Mandel is 67. Actor Tom Sizemore is 61. Brat Pack actor Andrew McCarthy is 60. And singer Jonathan Knight of New Kids on the Block turns 54. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.